Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now, here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Hey everyone, welcome to Truth and Liberty. This is our live call-in show, and we would love to hear from you today. It's a great day, a great day to know the Lord and a great day to be a part of the community of faith. And I'm going to be sharing in a moment on the voice of faith in the midst of all of this confusion we're facing in our country. And so I hope that you can remain with us and call in. The number is to call in if you have questions or comments. And again, we'd love to hear from you. It's 719-619-2341. Before I get into the message I have for you today, I've got a few quick announcements. We have a vision conference coming up in the near future. And I'm excited about this conference. Uh, Brother Andrew and myself will be sharing at the Vision Conference. It's September the 21st through the 23rd. It's right here at the Karis Bible Campus in Woodland Park, Colorado. And we would love to have you register at awmi.net, awmi.net to register. It's absolutely free. And I just know you're going to be, be blessed. I've got some tremendous things on my heart in regards to a vision and the power of a vision in your life. And some of Andrew's best teachings, in my opinion, have to do with vision and our imagination and things of that nature. So that's uh, September the 21st through the 23rd. Then we have our Global Ministers Conference. And Andrew's been doing these ministers conferences now for 40 years. This will be our 40th year anniversary. And I have a privilege uh, again to speak, and I, I can't wait for that. If you're a leader or a minister, or you know of a minister or a leader that you would like to even sponsor to help get here, these conferences are powerful. And there's something about being around people of like faith that is so encouraging. And, and pastors experience a lot of temptation in the area of discouragement. And so I promise you'll be encouraged. Andrew Walmack will be speaking. Mike and Carrie Pickett, Bob Yandian, Bob Nichols, Pastor Bob Nichols, Pastor Greg Moore, Wendell Parr, and Billy Eberhardt, and again, myself as well. So that conference is October the 2nd through the 6th. October the 2nd through the 6th. You can register again. The conference is free at awmi.net, awmi.net. Net, and we would love for you to pre-register. Just want to remind you about our website here at Truth and Liberty and the news that we have available. You need to be informed, but you need to be careful on where you get your information today. There's so much propaganda, so many narratives that are spun. Uh, we don't have very many journalists left in the in the national news media. And so you need good sources. And so we provide right here at Truth and Liberty on the website, conservative sources to keep you in the know. And I'll be honest with you, 
even all the conservative uh, sources, uh, at times I get overwhelmed. I have to go on a news fast, and I'm honored that they allow me to host uh, here at Truth and Liberty, uh, because sometimes I have to go on a news fast, because I can only ingest so much of especially the negative news in my heart. But I promise you, this is a great resource for you. My understanding is it's literally updated every 15 minutes. It's 24 seven uh, news available for you. You also now can go back and listen to past episodes that are archived on the website as well. Like today, if this blesses you and you know of somebody that needs to hear this, then you need to let them know that it'll be posted and you can, you can review it again. Uh, all of our uh, Truth and Liber Liberty episodes are archived. You also can be a part and watch Truth and Liberty Conference and past episodes now, again, on demand. So I know that'll be a blessing for you, and I encourage you to access the material that the Lord is making available. It's incredible. Well, I want to dive in. I didn't introduce myself. I'm Dwayne Sheriff, and I am very honored and privileged to be a part of Truth and Liberty. And today, I just want to encourage you with the voice of faith the voice of faith. I've had a busy week here at Andrew Womack Ministries. I was honored to be on his Bible study with him Tuesday. And then I was a guest host yesterday on Truth and Liberty. And I shared on murmuring and complaining. And brothers and sisters, I created a firestorm. <laughs> I got so much feedback that it was incredible. And I believe I touched a nerve on, on dealing with murmuring and complaining and how that if we're not careful, even as Christians, we can let so many things get in our heart that do not produce faith, but they produce unbelief. And one of the ways we know if our heart is, is being filled with unbelief is by the words of our mouth. And murmuring and complaining, we saw, was the voice of unbelief. That whatever gets in your heart in abundance, Matthew chapter 12 uh, verse 34, Jesus said, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth will speak. And so many times we don't really know what's in our heart in abundance. But if you listen to your words, then you can, you can deal with a heart of unbelief or a heart of faith. And we have some challenging things coming on the horizon. That's why I believe in what we're doing. I believe in what Andrew's doing with Truth and Liberty, Richard Harris, who oversees this. They are phenomenal people and we need to be prepared for what's coming on the horizon because there are some challenging times ahead and we're either going to operate in faith or we're going to operate in fear. We're either going to fill our heart with, with God and the Word of God and the voice of faith speak or we're going to allow the circumstances of this life to get into our hearts and the, the voice of unbelief will start to come out. And so I spent three hours on this at my website. You can go to PastorDwayne.com, PastorDwayne.com, and I have a series called Murmuring and Complaining, and it's three hours that deals with how that's a heart of unbelief, that this is what kept Israel out of their promised land. They were the children of God. They were the, the people of God, but they, they died in the wilderness, did not enter their promised land, and Numbers chapter 14 was clear. It was because of unbelief. It was because of murmuring and complaining. And how did that murmuring and complaining 
manifest itself? Hebrews chapter 3 verse 19 says it was because of unbelief that they didn't enter in the promised land. So when you put those scriptures together, the voice of unbelief is murmuring and just complaining about everything. Totally negative, just murmuring and belly aching and absolutely complaining about everything. And in that teaching, I shared how that when we do that, we're actually murmuring against God. And that's why it's called an evil heart of unbelief. Well, I don't want one. I know you don't want one. I want a heart of faith. So what is the voice of faith? And how does this work in the challenging times that we're facing and we're going to face? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says some difficult things in verses um, 10 and 11. They're, they're pretty deep. He talks about the, the dying of the Lord in our bodies and the glorifying of Jesus still, even in our bodies. And then, though, he makes this statement about our faith, his faith, the Corinthians' faith, and now our faith. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, I'm reading from the New King James, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So see, when you look at this, you see the voice of faith. Faith speaks, part of the action of faith. And remember, James taught us in James 2, 20 and 26 that faith without works is dead. There has to be action to faith. Faith is not just theology. Faith is just not mental assent to the truth. Faith is a proactive thing that's a part of the heart. Faith is of our spirit and it drives us into some form of action. I'm not talking about legalism and works of the law, but faith without works or corresponding action is dormant or it's dead. So one of the actions, one of the many actions of faith and how I can know I'm in faith is the voice of faith. Faith speaks. Faith cannot stay silent. When you have faith in your heart in regards to God, when He's sharing something with you and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, it moves you in the direction of God's destiny for your lives and God's purpose for your lives. It moves you into the blessings and promises of God. It's an active thing. Well, one of the many actions of faith is faith just speaks. Just like when you're in faith and faith is dominating your heart, it's the abundance of your heart, then your words will reflect that faith. Just like when fear gets in your heart, let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, fear speaks. Fear speaks just like faith speaks. Unbelief speaks. We've seen the voice of unbelief is murmuring, complaining, and unthankfulness. The voice of faith that is the common language of the Holy Spirit and the voice or language of faith in all of our hearts will express itself in different ways depending on what we're believing God for, but there's a universal language of the heart a universal language of faith. I know when I'm, a, I'm in faith because faith speaks. And what is the universal language of faith? It is praise, it is worship, and it's thanksgiving. When you are operating from a heart of faith, 
there will be praise and worship. That's a part of glorifying God. We are a people that give God glory constantly. We're a people that praise God constantly for all His wonderful works. We are a people who worship God because of who He is. And in that, we're thankful. That's how I know when I'm approaching a problem by faith or I'm allowing unbelief to dominate me in a problem. Even in ministering, and these were some of the questions that we got over the issue of murmuring and complaining. Murmuring and complaining is this constant river in your life of belly aching, of just looking at a problem and glorifying the problem, exasperating the problem with your words, creating more problems with just talking about the problem, creating problems for other people by murmuring and complaining. But faith doesn't ignore our mountains. It doesn't ignore our problems. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, the, the, this is a hot day. But I guarantee you, I never say it's a hot day without ending one with, but thank you, God, that I'm alive this day. And thank you, God, that there's shade. <laughs> and it's 10 degrees difference in the shade. So thank you, God. Thank you, God, for that wind, that breeze. Thank you, God, for air conditioning. So see, I can talk about a problem. I can acknowledge a problem. But unbelief and the voice of unbelief will just complain about it all day long. The voice of faith gives God thanks in everything. Not necessarily for it, but in everything. And many people just either have not acted on what they've been taught, or they've not taught and been taught, excuse me, the voice of faith. I can know when I'm trusting God. I just got to listen to my words. I can know when I'm doubting God. All I got to do is listen to my words. My words will portray my heart. My heart may tell me I'm walking by faith, but my words will confirm if I'm walking by faith, I'll be praising God. I'll be worshiping God. I'll be focused on God. I won't focus on the problem. Just like one of the things Truth and Liberty and a part of our mission is to bring an awareness to the country that we're in trouble. If I don't talk about the problems and you don't see the problems, then people won't repent. They won't turn to God. Did you know you and I couldn't even get saved until we saw the problem, that we were a sinner, that we were lost, that we were without hope, that we were on the path of hell itself. And so that being brought to our attention, even by the Holy Spirit, wasn't a negative thing. It was a positive thing to wake us up, to drive us to Christ, to drive us to faith, to now be born again. We're going to have to, to share things in the months to come within probably the next year. We're going to probably be sharing a lot of our problems. And I'll tell you what the number one problem in America today is. People don't know there's a problem. That's the number one problem we have. People are not aware of the danger we're in. But if all I do is bring up the danger and the problems and the corruption, and that's all I talk about, and that's all I bemoan, and that's all I complain about, that is unbelief. That's a heart of unbelief. But if I bring up the mountains in our culture, if I bring up the problems and we talk about them and we face them, but then I give solutions, then I give what is God saying that'll create faith in our hearts, then that's a good thing. 
And we have to understand this. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, think about that for a moment. We need that to settle in. In everything give thanks. He didn't say for everything give thanks. I don't thank God for the corruption that's, that's in our government, but I thank God in it for raising up people of character and integrity. I thank God in it for waking up Christians to vote for people that will support their values and morals, not persecute, prosecute, and one day execute the very people that put them in power. I give God thanks for turning this thing around. I give God thanks for opening our eyes, not so we can be depressed, discouraged, dis disillusioned, disheartened. No, so we can wake up and go, Father, I thank you in it for our deliverance, for turning it around, for the great awakening. So people ask me all the time, what's God's will for my life? And I know what they mean. They're usually talking about who they're going to marry, what career path they're going to take, what transition in a career they need to make. But when people ask me, what is God's will for my life? I tell them immediately in everything, in whatever situation you're facing right now, give him thanks. Because if you don't have faith in your problems, then you won't have faith to get out of your problems. And faith is focused in God, in His promises, in His nature, His loyalty, His character, His goodness. And so Paul is saying, in everything give thanks, because giving of that thanks is the voice of faith. You literally activate your faith. You have faith, brothers and sisters. If you're watching me right now, the odds are you know Jesus, and you have the same spirit of faith that Paul had. We actually have the same faith that Jesus has. Amen. Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We have got the faith of Jesus. It's just not activated in many of our lives. We operate in it just a little, and that's called little faith. We operate in it sometimes in a great measure, and that's called great faith. Other people, the Bible talks about shipwreck faith. What is shipwreck faith? It's you believed God, you headed in a direction, you were on the right path, the right track, you were trucking true for Jesus, hallelujah, but something got you off the path. You either got hit with an opposition, a persecution, a tribulation, and your faith went shipwreck. It's not that you don't have faith, it's that you have to re-engage in the faith that you already have. Again, the church at large is full of faith, but it's dead faith. People have faith and they're sitting there, but they're not acting on it. They're not activating it. Their faith is dead because they don't have corresponding action. Well, what is one of the main actions of faith? Praise, worship, and thanksgiving. I know when I'm truly walking by faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I know when I'm living by faith, Romans 1, 17. 
Galatians 3.11, Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by faith. How do I know I'm really living by faith? My faith will speak. I will be praising God no matter what's going on. I'll be giving God worship, which means giving glory. And then I will be thankful. I will still be thankful. It doesn't matter what happens in this life, brothers and sisters. We are blessed and we need to thank God that in it, God is still with us. That in it, God is faithful to keep his promises, to perform whatever he promised. In Colossians 2.6, and actually 2.6 and 7 and 8, the scriptures say, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it, abounding in what? Faith with thanksgiving. Did you catch that? Notice A, we have to be established in our faith. You have faith. If you're watching me right now, again, you probably have faith. But you need to be established in your faith. And one of the ways you get established in faith is being taught. Faith isn't of our soul. It's not of our emotions. It's not of our, our, our flesh. It's of our spirit. We having, Paul says, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, we having the same spirit of faith. Faith comes from your spirit and your spirit man and it is the faith of Jesus that will move mountains if you know how to be established in it, how to walk in it, how to not let it go shipwrecked, how to not let it go dead. <laughs> Amen. Because you have faith. Well, how do I know again I'm really walking by faith? I just got to listen to myself. And I'm not condemning anybody for murmuring and complaining. Again, I, I caused a firestorm, which is a good thing, I think of people really wondering, well, am I really murmuring and complaining all the time? A lot of believers are stuck on stupid. I, <laughs> I'm not saying you are stupid. I'm not stupid, but I've gotten caught and stuck on stupid before. And they're murmuring and complaining and they think it's no big deal because everybody in the world murmurs and complains. Why? They have an evil heart of unbelief. If you want to know who's absolutely lost, just listen to them. Everything is negative. Everything is bad. They murmur about everything, complain about everything, and listen to me carefully, they are unthankful. Unbelief, and the voice of unbelief is unthankfulness. In Romans chapter 1, Paul outlines the path to apostasy, a mind totally void of God and a life out of control in perversion. He gives you the path. And he says that these people who have been given over to the lust of their flesh, it began with they knew there was a God and they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful. This is why we teach our children. And you know, it's funny. I talk about murmuring and complaining. Adult, adults kind of get shook a little bit. But anybody that's raised kids knows what murmuring and complaining is. And we always tell our children Stop complaining. So we recognize it in our children, but what about our own hearts? Unthankfulness is the path to apostasy. It's your first step, not glorifying God. You know there's a God, but you won't glorify Him. Neither are you thankful. You're given over to a vain imagination then. Your heart, your foolish heart gets darkened. 
So you actually lose the knowledge of God because of your unthankfulness. Boy, I should have turned over there, and I'm running out of time, so I'm, I'm not going to be able to teach on it in detail, but what you are unthankful for, you lose. What you're thankful for, you increase in. Never forget that. That's why we're losing our country. What's the root of all this? Why are we on a path of, of immorality at an unprecedented rate? Why are we on a path of corruption? Why, why are we on a path in our country of a police state, of Marxism, communism, despotism? How did we get on that path? How have we fallen so fast? We were unthankful. We quit glorifying God as a nation, and we were unthankful. And so we, as a nation, are like given over to this reprobate mind. We're, we don't even have any knowledge of God anymore. When you hear people talk today and glorify sin, it's like, do you have any knowledge of God at all? Do you have any conscience left? Do you have any sense of right and wrong? How does that happen? It's because they were unthankful. And you listen at mainstream media, you listen at mainstream politicians, you listen at all these organizations that are trying to burn the country down. All of them, without exception, are unthankful. And what you're unthankful for, you lose. What you're thankful for, you gain. So how does the voice of faith speak in the midst of all these challenges? I keep thanking God. I glorify Him. Thank you, God, that I believe you have ordained this nation for great things. And you said, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. There's a remnant left in this country who believes Jesus is Lord and that nation will be blessed. God will bless the nation that glorifies Him as God. And so even in the midst of all this darkness and death and pain and suffering, I'm thanking God for turning it around. I'm thanking God for being faithful to the founding fathers and the documents that we have of the Declaration of Independence and of the Constitution that glorifies God-given rights and limits the government. Man, if we just get back to the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, we would just be an awesome nation. And I believe we're going to get back. And I believe that there's a remnant that has the voice of faith that's going to be thanking God it's going to be tough in this upcoming election. There's going to be all kinds of mud flying, lies, narratives, corruption, election interference. See, I'm not complaining about all that, but I am bringing it to your attention. It's real, and God's going to wake us up, and we're going to thank Him for raising up leaders that will not persecute the church. God, thank you for raising up leaders, congressmen, senators, that will not pass laws that glorify evil, but will pass laws that punish evil and protect the innocent. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just believe it. You see how it works? The voice of faith is going to glorify God and give Him thanks. The voice of unbelief is just going to murmur about everything, complain about everything, be unthankful, and lose every good thing that God has ordained and planned for our lives. I'm not going to be a party to the voice of unbelief, but I want to be a party to the voice of faith, and I want to encourage you to stay focused on God, the answer. Acknowledge the problems, yes, 
be real and authentic about we're in trouble. But transition from there to the voice of faith that while we're in trouble in the natural, God has not forsaken us, God has not left us, and I believe we're going to see better days ahead in the name of Jesus. So that's the voice of faith, and I pray that encourages you today. We'd love to hear from you. We'd appreciate you calling in. I'd love to answer questions either about the message or other things that you have on your heart. You can call us at 719-619-2341. I'll be back in 90 seconds. We are the antidote for what's happening in this world. But you need to see beyond the physical, and I believe that the greatest days of the church are ahead. God has a word for you. God has a plan for you. And God is raising up an army that knows how to fight the right fight the right way. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty and become a member today. We get to stop looking at this word as someday. We gotta look at it, it is for now. And the Spirit of God, don't you think is big enough to teach you, to show you how to do things? Stop thinking that one day when I am super spiritual or when I have the money I need. No, start doing what He called you to do right now with the strength you have. So Father, we say yes to that today. everyone, welcome back. I'm Dwayne Sheriff. I'm your host today on Truth and Liberty. And uh, I appreciate you calling in. Again, the number is 719-619-2341. And uh, we're going to go to our, our calls. We still have a couple of lines open, but we've got Carol, who's a Andrew Walmack partner from Washington. Thank you a lot for that. What is your question, Carol? Hi, Pastor Sheriff. My Hi. question is, the Bible tells us perfect peace is he whose mind is stayed on me, right? Correct. And I'm having a real challenge trying to be, you know, to stay informed with the truth of what's going on in our world and in our nation and in my community and participate in it. And I just, it yeah. like tears me up inside. Yeah. And, you know, I don't get loud or anything like that out there, but, you know, it just, my peace just goes flying out. I feel so sad. <laughs> and it's like, how yeah. do I keep my mind? Yeah. So, so I go and I get back in with Jesus, right? But, um, yeah. and then my peace comes back, but then I yeah. feel guilty that I'm not participating. Help me. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't go there. But no, the, it, let me just encourage not only you, but every listener throughout the world that this is natural. This is common. And this is why you see so many people disengage from things. I, I had a season in my life that I disengaged from politics totally. Um, I, I just despised it. And I didn't realize that it wasn't politics I despised. 
It was the politics of politics <laughs> that I despised. It was the contention. It was the strife. It was the mudslinging. It was the, the accusations uh, thrown around that were, were false even, and you knew they were false. Uh, so I think everybody goes through that, Carol. So that's number one. Let me encourage you and others as well to not disengage. But what happens is, and what I discovered, is I had to develop the discipline to keep my mind state on the Lord, even in the battle. I was, I was doing exactly what you were, do, were, were doing or are doing, Carol, and that is, okay, I would engage at a level and, and it, I just can't take it. I'm losing my peace. Uh, I'm, I'm tempted to get in the flesh uh, and, and you can't accomplish any eternal or good thing in the flesh. So I would just back off and sure enough, I'd get my peace back exactly like you said, that's impressive, by the way. Then I just get back with Jesus, and okay, I'm okay now. Well, I had to learn how to, to be in contact with Jesus in the fight, not after the fight. And I realized I got better and better. I'm not perfect. I, I just admitted at the beginning of this broadcast, I'm on a news fast right now. They may kick me off as a host here soon <laughs> because I'm just not up to date with the news. It's so overwhelming that I need a break. I, I, and I know where my stick is, even in listening to all the bad news. So what you do is you start to engage. When that pressure comes, you have to learn how to hear Jesus and submit to Jesus in the battle. And, and I've gotten better at it. I, I've gotten better at walking after the Spirit, even in engaging in the battle versus walking after the flesh. I used to engage in the Spirit and then I would get weak and in the flesh and have to disengage. Now I've learned how to stay engaged and keep walking after the Spirit. So it's a learned discipline. You will get better as you engage and think about the Lord, trust the Lord, yield to the Lord, be asking the Lord in your mind to help you to say the right thing the right way, because it's a, it's a battle. So I, I hope that helps. Did that, did that help any at all? It does help. And I was just, while I was waiting to um, come online here, I heard you say something you said about, you know, find something to praise God about in the yes. battle, right? And to yep. pray and say, thank you, Lord, that there's yeah. not more of these crazies. But, <laughs> right? I, more Christians would get involved, I please, and they, make it so much better. You, me, and everybody I know, because all we got to yes, do is sir. engage. If we, we could turn this nation around, we literally could turn the nation around in one election. But I don't have any, I don't have any hope that, I mean, I see, I see mega churches uh, embracing the woke movement. I see mega churches embracing sexual perversion. I see mega churches voting for people that kill babies. So, I, I mean, we're, we're backslidden, but God's going to wake us up and it will be turned around. But I love what you said that I've even caught myself. Now, I don't know if this is right. I'm just being honest, like you were honest. Uh, but I have literally just stopped and said, you know, thank you, Lord, for crazy people. There's hope for them. I was crazy once. In the name of Jesus, help me get through this. <laughs> so God bless you for your call, Carol. Man, all those demons out of those minds, bring them back to Amen. Jesus. Amen. Yep. Amen, sister. I'm in agreement. All right, let's go to Donna from Texas, God's country. And she also, <laughs> she also is a partner. So thank you for calling Donna. What's your question? 
Um, it's like a question comment that maybe you could comment on. I've been thinking a lot about why are so many Americans just out there? And I, I really believe there's three reasons. Too many of them only get the media. That's correct. Well, they only watch the news and they think the news is honest because it's been honest all their lives. Yep. And they listen to their pastors. Unfortunately, they, yes. Yeah. Some pastors and are bleeding. And there's so many Americans, especially like our age, um, you know, they've always held fast to how great America is. And it is great. Don't get me wrong. But they cannot believe, like my aunt cannot believe America would even do something like this, that they would even yeah. do this evil. They, they, yeah. They're just blinded, but it's like, how do we get the the older, I mean, the little bit older people to realize America is doing this? I, I, I think it's great points, absolutely spot on. Uh, I wish we could have taken notes and maybe if I don't get enough calls, we'll keep talking about that. But it is so true that there's this balance of America as founded is great. America as chartered a constitutional republic is great. But what's happened is our government has taken us, our politicians have taken us away from greatness with all these, these lies and with all this, this lust for power. Uh, and, and just evil. And I guarantee you, you're spot on, Donna, that I talk to people all the time. They cannot believe there's any such thing as a police state. And I don't know how you can even watch the, the negative news outlets and not see there's a police state that the FBI is corrupted. How can you not as an older person see, and how come we can't imagine that it's true that parents going to a school board meeting and protesting about what their children are being exposed to were targeted by the FBI and declared as terrorists. That ought to send a chill down the back of every American that's, that's listening to anybody that's speaking any kind of sanity right now. This is dangerous. This is terrible. History proves this is a road of total destruction where millions one day will die again if we don't step up and speak up. So it is a challenge. I can't change anybody's mind. I've learned a long time ago, and we discussed this yesterday on Andrew's program, that it's not my job to convict, convince, or convert. It's my job to speak the truth in love and the Holy Spirit open people's eyes. So I definitely recommend that the number one prayer we should be praying is, Father, open the eyes of the understanding of your people that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of the inheritance is in the saints. That we have a calling and God needs to open our eyes to it. Jesus said what it was, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a restraint on evil. That, that's who we are. That's why we're here. So that more people can be saved. And so that has to happen. We have to start praying and believing for eyes to open. And it is what it is. A lot of people are gullible and we have to love them. I was gullible at one point, so I needed mercy. I'm sowing mercy, but I do believe a great awakening is coming. 
one of the questions we had that was submitted uh, that relates to this is how can we develop spiritual discernment? How can we develop spiritual discernment? And that is the problem. We don't have, even in the church, uh, discernment. And the reason we don't have discernment is because we're immature. The lack of discernment that Donna's talking about. And Donna, did I answer your question or at least honor your comments? Thank you very much. It's just a sad situation. It is, but we've come a long ways. We've just got a long ways to go. We're going to get there. Um, one of the questions that we had submitted on this issue of discernment is immaturity. The reason so many people are gullible and do not see evil, do not discern evil, according to, to Hebrews chapter 5, is that they are immature in the Lord. If you don't go from immaturity to maturity, you'll be deceived in these last days. If you don't mature as a Christian, you will not be able to discern good from evil, and you'll wind up being a partaker of evil in these last days. And that's what the writer in Hebrews said. He says, for everyone, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So notice that again, everyone who partakes only of milk, he's unskillful in the word of righteousness. What Donna was saying and what needs to be declared in the churches is that if you remain immature, you will not be able to operate in the Word of God skillfully. And that's what we see. We see pastors of mega churches that evidently they're still on milk in regards to the kingdom, in regards to Jesus and who He is, because some of the things they support, they are not skillful in the Word of righteousness. They don't know how to present the Word and God's moral standards, God's values, God's virtues, that only adults can understand and communicate. That's why if our pulpits remain filled with these preachers that are babes in Christ, then the whole congregation remains a babe. Then the whole congregation votes for people that believes in the shedding of innocent blood, votes for people that believes that minors can, can have surgery and alter their gender. Vote for people that believe we can save the planet or destroy the planet. And on and on I can go. Only an immature Christian would buy into all those things. So the problem is us. The problem is we have not discipled God's people in the word of righteousness. Listen at verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. <clears throat> that just said we cannot discern good and evil unless we mature, exercise, discipline our senses. You know, I've come to a place now <clears throat> that, excuse me, in my walk with the Lord, 
pardon, that it doesn't take me long now to discern that's a lie. That's a false narrative. That's not true. Even my senses have been exercised because of acting on the Word of God that I'm able to discern quickly. Now, I'm not perfect again. I miss things and take time to process, but I'm just saying to you that's why things are the way they are, is that people have not been discipled. So the way you, you grow in spiritual discernment is you grow in your walk with the Lord. You have to go from being a convert to a disciple. How do you do that? <laughs> Mainly the Word of God. You have to get in the Word of God. You have to believe it is the Word of God, that it is absolute truth. The beginning of maturity is believing in absolute truth. And how many Christians, Barna did a survey years ago of how many Christians were interviewed that did not believe in absolute truth. If you do not believe in absolute truth, you're going to be deceived. You're not going to be able to discern right from wrong, good from evil, up from down. What's of God? What's of the devil? Because even the devil, remember, he comes as an angel of light. In the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 or chapter 11, I believe it is, talks about how that the devil doesn't appear as the devil. He appears as an angel of light. And so a baby Christian can be deceived because he, he comes saying, peace, peace, let's have peace. <laughs> I want peace. Elect me and we'll have peace. And what he really means and what they really mean is if you don't agree with me, there'll be no peace. If you disagree with me, we're going to burn the cities down. Uh, that is not the peace that God has given us and that we desire to see even in our nation. So that's how we, we grow in discernment. And again, how do we pray? Another question is, how do we pray for those who are evil? And I'll, I'll tell you right now, that's a hard one. That's difficult. We do, and Jesus did command for us to pray for those that, that treat us at least with evil uh, and, and to do good to them even that, that do evil. And so I think I understand that part better on the doing good. In other words, people who are evil, I don't treat them with ill will I don't, I don't run them down and, and hope evil upon them in any way. No, I pray again. How do I pray for evil and people of evil? That their eyes would be open, that they would repent, that they would, they would come to the knowledge of the truth of Jesus and our great salvation. Now, I'm sure there's more. I'm not sure if I can answer that in any more detail. I would recommend you call back on Wednesday when Andrew's here <laughs> and ask him, how do we pray again for evil? I know some things and the things I'm doing, I believe I'm on the right track, but I believe I could do better. Probably all of us could do better. All right, let's take a call now from Mike in Iowa. And Mike, I appreciate you calling. What is your question? Uh, Pastor Dwayne, uh, I get so excited when I listen to you. So I really uh, appreciate this show. Um, Thank you. You know, after the 2020 election, yeah, I was so angry, <laughs> and uh, I was really struggling with that. And then I watched your son, Jacob, preach yes. a few messages, and he was talking about if you're upset, you don't have your eyes on the Lord. And he was so right, and I, Amen. And I fought, and I got back to that, and so just really Good. thankful for that. And then it wasn't long after that 
at the church I was going to with the men's group, I just, we were talking about murmuring and complaining and I just confessed to them. I said, I've been complaining way too much. And I um, just dedicated myself to them and to God to, to stop. Awesome. And not that I've been perfect in that, but man, it has changed my relationship with God. It's Amen. amazing. Amen. It's just amazing and when i catch myself you know i yeah. just repent as fast amen. as i can and you know, i'm amen. not going to be 100 percent, but you know that's nobody true. nobody is <laughs> that's right right but uh, but, only, but what you no yeah what you experienced one, right? yeah amen we know who he is but what i right. experienced that i hear in your voice is we don't realize how many how much negative energy we're releasing and losing in murmuring and complaining. And when we learn to stop operating in a heart of unbelief, then now all that energy that we were losing in negative energy is now focused in positive energy in giving God thanks, in getting with other believers and joining together in the positive. So I really appreciate you, Mike, and, and making that change. Uh, was there was there another question or a question in there that you had for me? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, that led to, you know, just that relationship with God. And and he's been telling me, have a light heart in the midst mm. of all of this. Mm. I'm such, Good. you know, I'm so into the news and everything that's going on. And, mm-hmm. and I don't share your optimism about the country. And I think that's my question. Um you know, I believe that no matter what happens, we are His forever. Nothing can change that. That gives me confidence. Um, have you heard from the Lord about our country? And if I absolutely, if I don't, if I don't see that the country's coming back, do I lack faith? Well, let me let me deal with that first. Absolutely not. Uh, that's not a a sense of a lack of faith because your your perspective is absolutely accurate and a biblical perspective that in one way, it doesn't matter if the country comes back or collapses. We go off into full blown communism. Millions of people get killed. The church goes underground. Jesus is still Lord and I'm still going to be blessed no matter what happens. But I love everybody. I love saved people and I love lost people. And even when they are self-destructing, I love them enough to do what I need to do to protect them from evil. And so my optimism isn't in the country and the coming back of the country. My optimism is in God spoke to me that we're in the beginning of a great awakening. So my optimism is in God. And because of my optimism in God, that makes me optimistic in the end that the country will be saved because God loves everybody. God hates communism. God loves freedom. All of our liberties and freedom come from God. Why would he not want to ensure them? Why would he not want to continue for us to have them? If they came from God, God wills for us to have them. And a free country is better for a lost person and their well-being and their kids than a country that has become full-blown socialism to communism And now there's death everywhere. The utopia comes and becomes dystopia. Uh, So that's where I'm coming from. My optimism is in the goodness of God, not the condition of the country. It's pathetic right now. And if I focused on nothing but the country, my friend, I would be super pessimistic, discouraged, 
disillusioned, but my focus is on God and that government comes from God. God is the one that established government, order, rule. Um, Why would God abandon this nation and will for it to become a lawless government? I, I just don't believe that's God's will. So my optimism is I have A, heard God. We're in the beginning of a great awakening. I may not live to see the apex of this great awakening, but the generation under me will be right in the middle and the apex of this great awakening. And with a great awakening comes reforms. Reforms, that's where all our hospitals come from. That's where all of these, these, these institutions that are, are godly and serve communities come from, is from the first and the second great awakening. And so I believe there's going to be reforms in the educational system, reforms in the government, reforms in local government. I believe good things are ahead, but it's only because of God. Does that even come close to helping? Oh, that helps so much. I mean, that is such an amazing answer. You know, I had settled on, and I still think this is right, but, you know, we have to work while there's still light. And I guess that's true for all times, right? Um, And this time is no exception. You're preaching on Gideon back in the day where Gideon's threshing some wheat in a hole and the angel shows up and calls him a mighty man of warrior, and he look he's looking around going, yeah, who, someone else here? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Which Amen. I stole that from you, and it's, it's yeah. really, I use it all the time. Um, <laughs> and maybe we'll see more moments like that in, in the times that we're in. Um, but you're such a blessing, Pastor Duane. I well, thank you. Thank you, and it's a joy to answer the question because there needs to be clarity. Some people hear me, and they don't hear clear, or they don't listen to me all the way through. And they think I'm putting my hope in the government. God forbid. (laughs) God forbid. My hope is in God. And I believe he's a God that ordained government. And I believe he's a God that wills for government to be his, his minister, Romans chapter 13, against evil, not against good. And so I believe God's will is going to be done ultimately. That was awesome. Thank you for calling, Mike. All right, let's go to Frank. From Missouri, Frank, you've called in before. Thanks for calling again. Uh, are you the brother that asked about how to pray for evil? Uh-oh, I think I messed up. I guess Frank is not there. Well, oh, that's there. Okay, there it is again. Frank is on. Frank, are you on the line? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. This is Frank. How you doing, uh, brother? Yeah, I'm doing excellent. Yeah, you guys are awesome, man. The, the Spirit of God is just with you. You know, I, I would say most of the time it was on account of you, but sometimes it's in spite of you. <laughs> but, but well, I, we I, I, I think it's always in spite of us. We're just blessed. Well, Amen. Come on now. Every, you know, every <laughs> once in a while, you know, I, I, I just told a testimony there. I can't, I can't tell. I got to stick with this question here. Yes, uh, please. Yeah. Yeah, the question. <laughs> the question is, yeah, the the uh, about the wicked, man, and you know, how does God deal with wicked people that don't want to have anything to do with with Him? Yeah. What is the uh, yeah. yeah? What's the outcome uh, of that? Well, I think we all know the outcome ultimately is separation from God for eternity in a devil's hell. Hell wasn't created for people. 
Jesus said hell was created for the devil and his angels, but Isaiah said that hell has to enlarge her mouth to receive the wicked. The reason hell has to enlarge its mouth is God made hell just big enough for the devil and his angels, but because people are choosing to reject God and go to a devil's hell, it has to enlarge its mouth. Jesus told a parable one time, and it, it helped me years ago as a pastor, that a man went into his field, sowed good seed, went to bed, and an evil man sowed bad seed in the field, and the harvesters were concerned about where did this bad seed come from? It didn't come from God, it came from the wicked one, and it was called tares and wheat. And Jesus said to leave the tares alone. Yes, we have to warn people who do not want to live for God or accept God. We have to warn them of the judgment to come. We have to love them, but we, we can't pull the tares up. We can't uproot the tares. And that's many Christians. I've been there before. I just wish I could rip out all the tares. It's like being a spiritual terrorist. I just want to get rid of all the tares and have nothing but wheat. And Jesus said, leave them alone. Let them grow side by side. And, then, and in the day of the harvest, God's going to send the angels. They're going to gather the wheat first, put them in barns. Then they're going to gather the tares and burn them. So we are supposed to stay focused on the wheat and preparing the wheat and leave the tares alone in the sense of we're not here to hurt them or harm them. We want to love them and bless them. But God in the day of judgment will deal with all evil. And that's part of our faith. So I hope that, I hope that helps. I've only got a few seconds left and we're going to take a 90 second break. And then we got one more 30 second segment and I'd love to have your calls. Thank you. I'll be right back. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY, and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Dwayne Sheriff, and I'm hosting Truth and Liberty today. And uh, I'm sharing on the voice of faith, and we've had some excellent calls. I'd like to encourage you, if you have a question or a comment, we'd love to hear from you. This is an interactive uh, platform, and I enjoy it very much. It ministers to me. I hope I'm ministering to you uh, the phone number 
if you'd like to be on the air, is 719-619-2341. Let me just say this too, that we have a prayer line here at Andrew Walmack Ministries that is 24-7. You can call anytime, any day, and I really want to boast in the Lord. Uh, I don't mean to boast in man or even in the operations of man, but we should give honor where honor is due. I believe that this prayer line is one of the most fantastic prayer lines in the country today because you don't need to just call for prayer. You need to call for prayer and somebody know how to pray for you. And these prayer partners that are a part of this 24-7 Uh, prayer line. They're well equipped to pray for you. And we're just seeing phenomenal things in the, in the, the, the prayer ministry and lives being touched and changed. So if you, if you have a need for anything and you want somebody that knows how to pray, somebody that knows how to agree with you, then call us on our prayer line at 719-635-1111. 719-635-1111. And I promise you, you'll see not just prayer, but effectual prayer. Well, we've just got some great questions that are coming in. I want to address some of these uh, before we run out of time. Uh, this is a good question. What does it really look like to be a disciple? Is it just going to church? That's an excellent question. And one of the reasons we want you to call in and ask questions is a lot of times there's hundreds, maybe thousands of people that have the same question. So me answering your question could be answering hundreds of other people's questions. And so this is an excellent question that just going to church does not necessarily make you a disciple. A disciple is a disciplined follower of Jesus. A convert is a new believer. A convert is someone who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, believes God raised him from the dead, and then they confess him as Lord of their life. They become born again. They become a convert. But we're supposed to go from being a convert then to a disciple. And the question is, again, what does that look like? Well, just going to church and church alone will not make you a disciple. It will not help, if you will, you incorporate the rhythms of grace and the disciplines of the Christian life that are conducive for maturity. God's will is that we come into the kingdom, and when we come into the kingdom, we're immature in the things of God. We're a baby in Christ. We're a convert. But God's will for all babies in the natural and in the supernatural is to grow up into Him in all things. And so there are things that contribute to you growing up in Him. I've actually got a series on spiritual growth that talks about a diet, a part of what a disciple looks like. It's it's someone who's on a diet, and Acts 2.42 is the diet that the early church got on, and they went from immature to mature. They went from just believers in Jesus to, to instruments of Jesus in the earth, an adult. And it says, they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. So you're in the Word of God. You are a student of God's Word. Number two, fellowship. They they continued in fellowship. 
What a disciple looks like is somebody who's engaging with other believers and working out their salvation now with fear and trembling. That, hey, what does this mean? And what have you learned? Good fellowship is what a disciple looks like. People who are mature, you'll find they have good fellowship with other believers that iron sharpens iron, the book of Proverbs says. And then it says that they broke bread, the breaking of bread from house to house. So what does it look like? Uh, we, we participate in the Lord's Supper. We grow in understanding the bread and what it represents and the blood and what it represents. And as we partake, we mix faith with the finished work of Jesus. And that is what a disciple looks like. And then the fourth food group was prayers, prayers. So I, I remember as a convert, I struggled with prayer. I was uncomfortable, especially in public praying, but I had to get past that. And that's what a disciple looks like. You get past not knowing how to pray. You learn how to pray. And then you get past being self-conscious in public praying that it's not about you and your great prayer. It's about Jesus and, and fellowship with Him. So I hope that helps um, with that, that question. Um, this is great. Is spiritual deception a worldwide phenomenon? <laughs> Absolutely yes. <laughs> I mean, what is happening in even the woke movement is not restricted to America. What's happening in all this immorality raising its head up, that's not happening just in America. This is a spirit. And the devil works worldwide. He doesn't work just in one geographical area. He's not just totally restricted to one geographical area. Um, Satan is not omnipresent like God is, but he has a structure of demonic powers, principalities, powers, wickedness in high places. So what we're seeing in America and this phenomena of deception is not restricted to America alone. It's a worldwide problem. And so I believe God's working on that, on that as well. All right. Uh, I'm not sure if this is a question. Uh, I need to be careful here. Uh, I mean, it's a good statement. Uh, the left doesn't play by the rules. How can we win if we do play by the rules? That's actually a great question. Um, it has some teeth to it and some depth and some nuance. Um, while I don't believe we fight evil with evil, we actually overcome evil with good is what the scriptures teach us on how we, how we uh, face evil on a personal level. But in the area of government, there has to be some kind of pushback. I'm not saying if one party cheats, the other party has to cheat now equally. But I am saying if we don't push back on the cheating and hold people accountable for the cheating and the fraud and the disinformation, and we're the ones accused in social media of disinformation, they're censoring us because they have to suppress the truth for the deception to keep, keep going. But we have to push back, lovingly push back. We have to hold people accountable to the law. The statement starts off, the left doesn't play by the rules. Well, we're supposed to hold them accountable to the rules. We're supposed to never elect another person that doesn't play by the rules. So there are ways to push back and it be loving pushback. 
And so I, I hope that helps. I'm not sure who asked that question, but it, it's a good question. All right, let's go back to our phones. Uh, we've got Philip from, from Texas. Uh, again, God's country, hallelujah. Uh, what's your question, Philip? Yes, Pastor Dwayne. Uh, good to hear, good to talk to you. Um, Thank you. I've got some, I've got some, we're second year graduates of, 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 um, of uh, Karis, went to Sherman and finished our second year there and have a desire to go back to Colorado for a while. And this all started like, so I'm, I'm, my point is um, discerning of signs that, that, that happen. Are they of just me or the Lord or what? So here's the first sign. Um, I wanted to go to Colorado about six years ago and was moved into it. Hello? Yeah, Philip, you broke up a little bit there, but you wanted to I'm come sorry. to Colorado. No worries. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So I was discerning. I was going to discern the signs. What am I doing? And so are you ask? yeah, you broke up again. Are you asking me how to discern signs? Yeah, there's a, uh, there's four things that happen. <clears throat> I want to go to Colorado. This is six years ago to go to Bible school. So we was going to move in his house first in Texas. Are you still there? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, so these people that were moving out of this house, they was moving to Woodland Park. Oh, wow. So that just made me want to go more, but I was already wanting to go. And then another thing was a couple months later, I was going over a bridge of I-30 and uh, there was a a car passed in front of me it had Colorado license plates that said his will. I really thought this is really something there. Okay. So then uh, the uh, next thing was I was, uh, when I would pray, I had a strong desire to go. But my wife was in agreement with it. So I just had to kind of got away from it for about a year. Then I started praying again and the desire came back strongly. And then as I was praying, I said, Lord, if I moved one time and never never moved again, would it be Colorado or Texas? And I felt sure Colorado, hundred percent. So I got that. <clears throat> now here's the last thing that happened to me. Um, I met a guy a few months ago out here. He's a small pastor of church, and I had Karis Bible College on my shirt. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you broke just a little bit, but I'm following you. Go ahead. We'll wrap okay. it up. So one more time. So this other sign was I met this guy, young guy. He is from here in Texas. He is from Woodland Park, a native Woodland Park guy from the mm -hmm. 1800s. Wow. Thought, God. So I really want to go, but all these things have been making it right, to feel right. What I do well, with all these situations. Yeah, well, you know, I have a teaching I even do here at, at Karis on divine guidance. How do I know this is God speaking to me? I don't use the term signs uh, because many of those can be interpreted wrong as outside signs uh, that just could be coincident. But there are ways to discern the voice of God, and He gives us witnesses. The Bible teaches the, the truth of multiple witnesses. It calls it multiple witnesses in the book of Deuteronomy, how that you can't execute a person, you can't, you can't uh, invoke capital punishment because that's a high risk decision except by two or three witnesses, infallible witnesses. 
The New Testament talks about multiple witnesses in bringing an accusation against an elder. Paul said to the church at Corinth, this is the third time, the third witness I've given you concerning this issue. And so the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament talks about witnesses. But the bottom line, Philip, is if you're hearing God and it's consistent like that, you're going to have to find out how to get it done. You're going to have to, to follow the will of God now. And there are many ways to go to Karis without having to move. And you may have to explore those if you can't move. But otherwise, you need to obey God. And if He's telling you to go to school and you've got these witnesses that just bear witness with your heart, I'm heading in the right direction, then you're going to have to eventually follow through and go. Just pray about how to go, that do you have to move? Karis, God has given Karis wisdom on how to get the information out to people without them having to come. Now, coming to Woodland Park is a great experience. My Sherman campus is a great experience. Uh, that we have a Bible school there, a Karis Bible school at one of my locations there in, in Texas. And you mentioned that. So just pray about how to fulfill it because it sounds like God's speaking to you. I, I can't tell you uh, what to do, uh, but I can tell you to obey God. And it sounds like He is leading you and guiding you. And so I hope that helps. So All right. We did graduate in, in two years at Sherman. Yeah. We well, you're that. th we yeah, that's good. That at least you followed God in that, and so. But if it doesn't go away, you know, God doesn't. God doesn't get upset at us and go, "I told you to do that, and now forget it." <laughs> People are like scared if they don't obey the minute they hear God that He's going to go somewhere else. Uh, but God is love. He's patient. He's kind. He's long suffering. And, and he will not take that desire away if that is his will. So if it continues to persist, you are going to have to seek then, how do you fulfill it? All right? My next prayer. Thank you very much, Pastor. Thank you, Philip. God bless you. All right. Our phone lines are open, and we'd love to receive a, a call from you, either a question or a comment, even about some of the things I've, I've taught on or made comments on. Maybe there's a follow-up question that people have. The number is 719-719-619-2341. All right, let me see if we have some other questions that have come in. Um, there is a question here about the feast and the rapture, and I'm just not confident in addressing those issues right now in my life. There's so much controversy over the rapture and when is the rapture and the tribulation. And I've got some views and opinions that just are not mainstream about that. And, and I prefer just not to lean in. There's other people that you can call. Again, Andrew might be good. Uh, might be good. <laughs> but I know, I know Alex McFarlane uh, he may be able to, able to answer this question about the trumpets and connecting the trumpets and the feast with the rapture of the church. And so I don't know what day Alex hosts, but it should be posted somewhere there on Truth and Liberty, and you can get the answer, the answer to that. Um, yeah, I think that was the last question I had. 
So let's go back to the voice of faith and encouraging you in being steadfast in your faith. We had a call that talked about the election in 2020. And I actually did a series right after the 2020 election on time to stand, time to stand. And, and I was emotional myself about the election. I knew this man was corrupt that's in the White House right now. I knew his history. I knew all the things and reasons why not to vote for him and was just shocked that Christians voted for Joe Biden uh, and all the things he stands for that are anti-Christ, anti-Bible, uh, anti-freedom, uh, on and on I can go. And so I did a, a series on time to stand that no matter what happens in politics, we have to stand. We have to love people. We have to speak the truth still in love. And again, that, that's part of the voice of faith. And one of the things I wanted to share, I ran out of time and I'll just wait here for a moment for any more calls. But when we praise God and we give God thanks, many times it's taught that we do that to get out of a problem or to get something to change. And our motives many times are not right in even giving God thanks. And the Lord showed me this years ago with Paul and Silas in prison and how that they were done unjustly. They were falsely accused, so they're innocent. That's enough pain to really derail most people. I mean, I don't know how I would feel if I got thrown into prison and I know that I know that I know I'm innocent, but I'd have to overcome that. The Bible says in Acts chapter 16, they were beat. And, and so now they've been flogged and beat. Then it says they're cast into the, the innermost darkest part of the prison and chained. But then it says at midnight, they begin to praise the Lord. They begin to worship the Lord. And it says the prisoners heard them. And here's what's really cool, brothers and sisters. In Acts chapter 16, it says that that place began to shake and all their chains came off. Their chains on their legs, their chains on their hands, and the prison doors were opened. So they were able to escape. They were able to go free. And the jailer feared that all the prisoners had escaped and it would cost him his life. So he was actually going to fall on the sword. And he went in to see if there were any prisoners with a light into the darkest part of that prison. And Paul said, do yourself no harm. We're still here. Now, here's what I want to communicate with you in closing here as we come to the end of the program is that while we praise and worship God and give him thanks, that's the voice of faith. They didn't do it with an impure motive. Paul and Silas did not praise God to get out of jail. Because when they praised God and worshiped God, the chains broke off, the doors opened, and they did not escape. And God wound up using them to save the jailer and his entire household. So I want to encourage you in this hour as we face things today and things I believe are going to get worse before they get better because people are asleep, something's got to wake us up. And, and, and the path we're on is not going to change. 
without repentance. So some, some difficult times are coming, and we need to praise God, though, and we need to thank God. But we never thank God and praise God to get something or get out of something. That is so powerful. And while praise and worship will absolutely move heaven and hell, praise and worship torments the devil. And if you're under assault by the enemy, man, you need to just start praising God. You need to start worshiping God. You need to put praise music on and just worship God. You need to sing songs of deliverance and praise. And it will torment Satan. He is absolutely tormented by, by worship and by praise and by thanksgiving. But make sure your heart stays pure, and that you're worshiping God because of who He is. And you're praising Him because of all of His wonderful acts that He's already done. You know, if God didn't do another thing in my life, I would have to spend the rest of my life thanking Him for all the things He has done in my life. And we need to be mindful of that. Well, I don't think we have any more questions that have come in that I, I see here. Okay. <clears throat> oh, my. Wow, what a question. We do have another question that just came in. <laughs> uh, do you think we're headed for a spiritual, well, now that's different, a spiritual civil war? Well, let me answer that one with we are already in <laughs> a spiritual civil war. This thing is spiritual. We are not wrestling with flesh and blood. It's not about Democrat or Republican. It's not about the left or the right. It is about good and evil. And there's a battle. And Ephesians chapter 6 says that we are wrestling with these principalities. So we're already in a spiritual civil war. I thought the question was going to ask, are we headed for a civil war and uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm concerned about that. I do have concern that if we don't resolve our problems politically, that's why we had a civil war. We didn't have to have a civil war over slavery. We could have resolved that politically. Most of the church was awakened, and they awakened the conscience of the nation but we could have resolved that politically and avoided civil war. That's why I'm engaging now politically is to avoid any kind of chaos in the natural because there's a point where where does evil get magnified and good has to oppose it. And so I don't know who gave that question, but I hope that helped. All right, we've got Tim. You're a Truth and Liberty supporter, and we are very thankful for that, sir. You're from Wisconsin, and what's your yes. question? Uh, my question is, what are your thoughts on the book of Job, why the Lord allowed Satan to devastate Job's life like he did, and I guess how that relates to us as New Testament? My son was asking me about a week ago, he's like, what do you think about the book of Job? What, is it, what does Andrew Walmack or Dwayne have to say about the book of Job? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I have to, have to call in and ask. So I'm kind of asking for my son. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I've got a, a new book coming out where I did a whole chapter on the book of Job because <clears throat> we, we don't understand at large the lack of authority that Job had and how Satan had so much authority in the earth there were, there were no covenants in the earth 
that put a restraint on evil. <coughs> Pardon me, I'm so sorry. <coughs> and so Satan had access <coughs> to Job and to all of humanity to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's difficult to work all that out. It's difficult because we don't understand, again, that's the oldest book in the Bible. I don't even believe there was the Abrahamic covenant in the earth yet to restrain sin This is and Satan. This is what all the covenants did, was they put a restraint on sin, and they put a restraint on Satan. And uh, Job just didn't have those covenants. He didn't know his authority. And there's so many things said about Job that bother me that are not right. And it just takes too much time to, to share on that, on that book. Uh, but God allows evil today. But it's technically not God allowing it. We allow it. Because whatsoever things we bind on this, is it, this earth shall be bound. And whatsoever things we loose on the earth shall be loosed. God has given us the keys to the kingdom. And the biggest mistake people make is trying to bring what happened to Job over into the new covenant. And man, that, that is just, wow, way off. The covenant we have, the authority that Jesus brought back to us through his death, burial, and resurrection is incredible. And we have authority over Satan now that Job didn't have, and we need to exercise that authority. And I, I don't have time uh, to get into it in detail, but I do, I, I can't even remember which book. I've got so many books uh, and manuscripts going right now. But I do have a book coming out that has a whole chapter on the book of Job, and it, it is powerful. And uh, maybe on another Truth and Liberty, I can recommend it. I can't even remember which book it is right now. Uh, but I'm sorry I can't do a better job now. I'm running out of time. Uh, let's go to Richard real quick from Oklahoma. Uh, what is your question, Richard? We're running out of time. <laughs> All right. How you doing, Pastor Duane? Most excellent. Hey, I just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to uh, go back to Paul and Silas uh, just just to add a little something that the Lord has shown me that not only were their hearts right, not only were they praising God not to get out of prison, uh, but praising God for just who he is, being thankful, just like you said earlier in the in everything, give thanks, like you said earlier in the broadcast. But um, but but then, you know, the, it ministers to the jailer, his whole family gets saved. But one of the parts I love about it the most is when it's when the jailer said, well, hey, these guys have sent you free. And, and Paul said, you're out of your mind. We are not leaving. <laughs> we're going to we're going to hold these political yep. renegades accountable, yep. oh. properly accountable. They have beaten us Romans uncondemned. And they're oh. going to come here and they're going to cast That's... us out publicly. That is beautiful. They're not going to do they are not going to do this yep. privately. This is wonderful, my friend. I, I, I wish a million people were listening right now because that's what we're trying to say, that us engaging in the political mountain, in the political culture, is simply holding people accountable to righteousness and God's kind of justice. And that's what, exactly what Paul and Silas did. That is very good, my friend. Thank you for calling. We're running out of time. Let me, let me take Elizabeth from Missouri. Uh, thank you for calling, Elizabeth. What's your question? Uh, thank you, Pastor Duane. I wanted to thank you also for that scripture about Paul and Silas in prison. And uh, I've been believing for 
great miracles like we see in the Bible, biblical proportions to see our country turned around. And I had a vision when you were talking about that scripture that if the true Christians would be praising and worshiping God, like in the prison, the true criminals didn't even leave their cell. Oh, so good. They also stayed in their cell. So good. And so it just kind of brought them into line, that true worship. So that was just one vision (laughs) of what I see for um, miracles in America. Well, you you encouraged me. Uh, uh, I wasn't seeing any calls coming in, and so I went there. And now I'm glad I went there because I done made myself happy, and you guys have made me even more happy with what God's showing you. This is how it's supposed to work too. When we when we engage in what is God saying to you, what is God saying to me, and we put it together, it just lifts all boats. This has been wonderful. Again, I only have a a few seconds left. We're not going to be able to take any more calls. Maybe I need to get better at getting you to call quicker uh, so we can get to it. But thank you so much for being a part of the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Don't forget the Vision Conference, September the 21st through the 23rd. Those of you that are leaders and pastors, we've got our 40th anniversary of our Minister's Conference, October the 2nd through the 6th. We're also going to have the play of overturned, overturned. It, it deals with the Roe versus Wade decision and the Supreme Court overturning the federal mandate in regards to abortion, which I think could have saved our country. Hallelujah. Well, thanks again for being such a part, a valuable part of Truth and Liberty. I'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.